This podcast is brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Ruchi Patil, mother of Arijit Patil who is visually impaired. Welcome Ruchi to this conversation. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be chatting with you here today. So Ruchi, uh, when and how did you actually discover that Arijit was blind? So, so Arijit was born uh, in the 6th month of my pregnancy so there were a lot of issues that the hospital and the doctors the pediatricians were screening him for vision being one of them so around the time that he was i think 1 month old uh, which is like minus 2 corrected age uh, that's the time they found that the retina wasn't growing as it was expected to to do and uh, they started with some treatments over here so that is how i mean i mean uh, you know the process started losing vision was yet another uh, thing that you know was spread out across uh, two years and uh, multiple treatments i mean when bombay had exhausted its resources we were asked to go to uh, chennai uh, shankar netralay with the best doctors there trying their bit and after going through four surgeries uh, you know he started wearing glasses he loved playing with color that's how it started he loved playing with color and those bright soft toys and things like that and slowly he started losing vision uh, by the time he was 2 to 2 and a half he had lost his vision what would you actually call this eye condition is it um... Uh, retinopathy of uh, prematurity or something like that or what is it called yes 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 so it's retinopathy of prematurity so uh, when you as a young mother and your husband uh, when you kind of realized that uh, your son was going to be blind and had to live his life as a blind person um, what was your initial reaction we were in total shock i think overwhelm panic there were lots of emotions flooding through us sorrow guilt fear uh anger so i think it was not just one thing i think the most important one was guilt i mean both of us felt that uh, you know we couldn't give our child something as basic as vision and i more so because he was born premature so i kept thinking that ha- if i had done something differently he may not have been born premature and he may not have had to lose his vision so uh yeah those were the things that we really went through we struggled through over time If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness please share the IWA National Toll Free Helpline number 18005320469 the number is 18005320469 you know the uh... Uh, it's uh, it is said that the first 3 4 years of a child's growth is uh, critical to uh, what he becomes in life mm-hmm. so uh, it appears that you guys had a very quick turnaround in terms of emotions and uh, mm-hmm. what actually got you going to look at arijit as your child and uh, and a child who needed your attention and uh, nurture 
so i think the guilt uh, actually worked both ways it was like i mean if i have deprived him of his vision i'm going to give him everything else in this world uh so uh, you know there were small little things adjustments that i had to make in my mind that you know i would see small kids uh you know looking around and you know just seeing people sometimes smiling and i would say oh my god i mean my child is missing out on the stimulation what do i do so i started playing in fact i had started playing prayer uh, music in the nicu itself and i flooded his life with music sounds and everything that was possible i mean we had around 5000 cds by the time he was 6 i guess so you know we just tried to bombard him so we said that the world is bombarding the sighted child why should my child be deprived so that was one the second thing was i think we had a beautiful support su- support system so arichit's pediatrician uh, dr kupchandani uh, deserves uh, a uh, credit here uh, for putting us with developmental pediatrician dr vibha krishnamurthy who kept looking at arijit and saying that you know now it's time for physiotherapy now it's time for you know he may not walk if you don't do it you know because children learn by seeing so in visually impaired kids what happens is that in the absence of vision they may not learn and uh, 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 so vibha was there constantly and uh, i also uh, you know being an very voracious reader i knew that the first 6 years of my child's life were very important i couldn't just you know uh, sit back and cry i had to resurrect what re- what remained so that came around the time arijit was two two and a half and uh, uh, when we when he started walking Uh, in fact my first meeting i was told you know it was a very guarded response by the developmental pediatrician who says that we are not very sure of his brain development we are not very sure of his hearing so with the multiple stewards on our head we said we over what is not but we have to make efforts of what of what we can so i myself i mean you know with the being him, with him being premature and with the kind of uh, stringent protocol of very few people uh, touching him this fellow wouldn't let anybody uh, do anything with him so i learned physiotherapy i started doing that he luckily walked that you know with uh, god's grace uh, started walking at a record age i was told then of 15 months and uh, our journeys to chennai continued i mean every time we would come back we would take the next appointment plan for it go there again get him evaluated what next what next i mean for hours i would be researching what can be done until one day we were told that we are not sure whether arijit can talk and uh, we were asked to give him sign language and they said that you know the more i delay his sign language i am depriving him of communicating so that was the time that i decided that there has something that has to shift within me i cannot be fighting over something today which i'm not even sure of and lose what i have i need to resurrect what is and uh, that's when i said that you know i need to close this chennai chapter i need to stop thinking about it right now and focus on my child's development so uh, that's when i began intense speech therapy uh you know so when they asked me to give him um, sign language i said that give me 3 months 
if he doesn't speak in three months, I get back with sign language. So I just had a window of three months and I researched whatever was available, tried various things. But the thing with Arijit is, I think I had, uh, you know, whatever I did with him yielded results. So I had a little recorder and I had language baskets and cognition baskets and things like that. And uh, when I went to see the developmental pediatrician three months later, she says, he's fine. Please go on. I don't think he needs sign language anymore. He talks regularly. He speaks 5,000 words, I think, in three months or something, three languages, and uh, he's doing well. Right. So, uh, obviously, by 5, 6, it was time for Origit to go to school. And um, so, uh, what were the things, what was the checklist you had for yourself uh, to have him ready for school? So, uh, I, I mean, I think I forgot to mention by the time Arijit was two, two and a half, we started going to Sheila ma'am, uh, who was his uh, early interventionist. And she says that, I mean, we, found, we thought it's going to be very convenient to go take go to a blind school because they would have the tools, the techniques, the know-how, the acceptance, everything. Right. But uh, she said that, no, that wouldn't be a very stimulating environment for Arijit, who happens to be a very bright kid. And uh, that's when we decided that, okay, the mental decision that it has to be a regular school was made. And uh, I think we have been very lucky. Arijit comes with a great good fortune of being supported by amazing people and schools. So uh, this is his third school now. The first school uh, uh, was Ought India in Worldly. The second was Beacon Heights. So that was just two years, his preschool years. When it was time to move on, again, we made some five applications. Three of them didn't respond. Two of them did. But when we went to uh, his school, Beacon High, uh, his principal, Mrs. Jamali, very happily told us that, you know what, he looks like a very interesting kid. I haven't done this before, but I'm willing to give it a try. And the 10 years that Arijit, 11 years that Arijit was with them till grade 10 have been the most beautiful uh, years of our lives because I was very sure that Arijit goes to a school where I don't have to fight for him to go that he's welcomed with open arms. So this was a school that celebrated him, that gave him every opportunity. I mean, whether it was sports day, whether it was annual day, this fellows, Hindi day, piano, music, anything, you name it, and Arijit was there. Whether he had to give a speech, whatever. I mean, they just gave him every opportunity and made him what he is. I owe a lot to the school. The third school that he's presently in is Bombay International School. Again, a very inclusive school, just that the COVID situation has made the situation very, very difficult in terms of socializing and things like that. But he hasn't lost a day's work. The teachers are very approachable. They are always, uh, you know, very forthcoming with any kind of support that he may need. So we have been lucky. But uh, yeah, I think I need to come back to the point of preparing him for school. So uh, that is one area which really needs work. And uh, so I was home for a, around a year. I almost ran a, ran a small scale industry making books because I realized nowhere in the world for kids below six, even American AFB had books for kids above six. So being a voracious reader, I said that, you know, if I have it, why doesn't he? So we had a little, you know, two teachers helping me with making those tactile books and then we started off with recordings and activity charts and uh, parallel stuff I think he played the, the piano untaught at the age of two and a half and he learned the computer at the age of four so you know I mean I always thought how could I make it equitable so if kids are 
uh, scribbling, why wouldn't Adiji do? So it was so sweet. In fact, this is something I was telling him a few days ago. He would just scribble ASDF, WERTY, UPOIU, whatever, and, and then make Jaws read it. So Jaws would read Azdapa, whatever. And he would laugh. I said, what happened? Mama, see how Jaws is reading. So, you know, that's how he took to the computer. So there was a lot of work that is needed, a lot of teaching aids to be made. But um, uh, luckily, everything fell in place. So all this happened uh, before he went to the first school. So uh, there was, uh, so I started this journey then. And I think uh, it, this is something that will, I mean, you know, my input in his life has been gradually reducing to, to the extent that this now in his grade 12, I'm just his math scribe. So, uh, and it didn't happen over a year. This was something that was ongoing all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, integration and inclusion are very, very different. So uh, first, not, first and foremost, I wanted to achieve integration. Then I wanted to make sure that he's included. And uh, we actually ran a social skills uh, curriculum at school with the principal's permission, which he was always very happy to do. So, uh, you know, uh, whether he's whether he's a part of the yoga camp, whether he, everything that was happening in school, art and craft, does he have 3D diagrams, which he can color. So everything that was happening, did he have something to do? So this was an effort which went on for a while. But uh, yeah, not just before school, it started off then a big spurt happened then. And it continued. You know, I remember when I was uh, growing up, uh, you know, <clears throat> in fact, a lot of what you say kind of resonates with me because uh, in a different context, because I grew up in a different era. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, the engagement with the school that my parents had, uh, they would, <clears throat> sorry, they would uh, regularly visit the school, uh, not on a daily basis, but maybe on a fortnightly or monthly basis, they would interact with the teachers because obviously uh, having a visually impaired child in class was a novelty for most teachers. So uh, what was the kind of uh, engagement that you needed to have with the teachers that engaged with uh, uh, Arijit? So basically, uh, with India, I think we don't have these TVIs as they are called in the US. Yeah. So the school gave me a very open platform. I never came back with no for an answer. Whatever I asked for, Mrs. Jamadi always made sure that she had made the way. So, uh, you know, whether it was, Miss, can I do this? Of course, uh, let me call the teacher. So it was, uh, I mean, I, I, had a, I had a playing field where I could actually, uh, you know, do whatever I wanted to. So, ma'am, can I not do the diagrams this way? Can I do it this way? Of course you can. What, what else can you suggest? So uh, I think they were very, very open and the teachers, and I think it was a culture of inclusion. So I think it was easy, but yeah, my level of engagement was high and uh, slowly started reducing. So I sent a special educator for his initial years, started off with full time and uh, we started weaning off only in areas where he needed support, the special educator would go. And uh, I think by the time he was in grade six, the special educator was out except for, you know, any kind of diagram questions or whatever, or if there were any notes that the teacher wanted, uh, she would just type it and give it to him, anything that was written on the board she would just provide to him but by the time he was in grade six uh, that had just come off uh, completely were there uh, other uh, children with disability also in the school or uh, arijit was the only one 
Yes, there was. So this is a school which, uh, you know, their motto is something uh, which they have lived. We dare to care was the school's motto. So there was another uh, Down syndrome kid. There were, there were multiple kids with uh, disabilities and we never got to know who, were, who was what because I think they never made a big deal about it. Uh, but uh, these were kids in and around Arijit's class, which is why I know there were two kids with autism. There were kids with learning difficulties. So there were multiple uh, kids with multiple issues. I remember seeing a child on a wheelchair. So yes, there were kids like this. And uh, there's one incident that I recall at this moment. So there was this girl I, I used to uh, go to, you know, I would be around school for the first year or so, uh, wouldn't come back home just in case Arijit needed something. The teachers needed something. So I was just fetching him and there was this Down syndrome girl who was coming down and this little child, he goes to the teacher and he says, Miss, you know what? He's This fellow has said this to this girl. So I knew that this is a culture which does not encourage not being kind to a special needs child. That right. always stayed with me. So I think, uh, do you think the, uh, the, the, the inclusivity uh, of the school uh, stems uh, because of an ideology or a mission that the school had set out or was it uh, entirely to do with the principal? So this was a school set up by the principal only. In ah. fact, um, yes. So, uh, and uh, I think uh, they made sure that uh, the culture seeped through the teachers, the children, the parents. I think they made sure that they lived that culture. Yeah, a lot of uh, schools do say that uh, other parents do object to having children with disability in the class because uh, the, 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 the progress of the students generally gets delayed because of uh, children with disability maybe slowing them down. So that did not that did not happen. This school appears not at all, not at all. In fact, uh, you know, for some quizzes in some classes, Arijit was the one who was chosen and said that you know people would make sure that Arijit's strengths are shown so that people could respect him equally. So kids would say, no, no, we want Arijit in our team because this fellow is an encyclopedia. He reads so much. Our team will win. So I think they made sure that his strengths also get highlighted. You know, this is a child who can do so many things. What you say, I do see that, you know, there were parents who thought that their children are not getting very stimulated and they would not send their kids and, you know, things like that. But uh, there was always the other group, you know, there was this other kind of parents and the other kind of kids that we focused on. This brings me to another thought. Um, how easy or difficult was it uh, for Arijit to make friends? Uh, you know, uh, friends would mean people with whom not only people to whose houses they would go to, but they would come to your place and uh, or maybe go out for outings and so on. Was that uh, something that happened often with Arjit? So I think uh, disability does pose that issue and uh, one should not uh, be in denial. But Arjit has been lucky. I mean, as I say, COVID has made this school, uh, socialization with this school a little difficult. But the previous school, we had kids very often over and, you know, there were kids who were here for sleepovers. Arijit would be invited. And, um, you know, I think there was a level of inclusion. And there were times, I mean, let me just come to that also. There were times that I felt that, oh, Arijit is not being, you know, is not here and Arijit is not here. But uh, luckily, Arijit's nature is such, he would 
would say, mom, I don't really, it doesn't bother me. And that's when I realized that I should not cloud his mind with my perceptions. He is very happy with his setup and he is not complaining. And why am I bringing it to, you know, his notice? Something that I'm seeing and he's choosing to overlook. Why am I bringing it into his, you know, field of thought? So that way we were lucky. We have lovely friends, uh, you know, he's still in touch with and, uh, I think post-COVID, they're already planning a holiday and things like that. So we have been lucky that way. I am just uh, kind of um, uh, dying to ask you this question. Uh, has uh, Arjit come back to you with uh, his frustrations? Because very often, you know, being a visually impaired person myself, I find that I have to work extra hard, put in those extra hours to actually keep pace. Uh, mm-hmm. And it could be very frustrating and uh, sometimes even depressing. Uh, does uh, does uh, have you had any experience where uh, Arjit kind of said, "Why the hell is this happening to me?" You know uh, that kind of thing. So uh, I remember uh, just a couple of episodes of that kind. Uh, one of them was he comes back home and math was something that I would teach him at home. He would do whatever he could do uh, in school because I mean you know he had to do it on LaTeX and the teacher may not be equipped. He would have to you know do, the visual question would have to be explained to him. So there's this day I think grade seven or eight he comes back home and he says that you know sir I was drawing uh, quadrilateral on the board and I couldn't understand and I felt so bad and I felt so shameful. Why am I not understanding? But that was. that was one episode and the other episode i remember was um, so arijit i think has taken working triply hard uh, in his stride he is slightly harsh on himself i don't know where he you know no no i must do it no i must get this no i should get it let me just try so except for a couple of episodes he's generally been very easy with you know uh, things uh, and putting in that effort uh there have been times where he's really worked on advocacy also so when he was asked to in icsc when he was told that please don't do math and science because they are very visual subjects and uh, you may have why don't you take eco and commerce so icsc gives this option this child i mean even i wasn't sure what he wants to do so i said uh, you know beta why don't you do this this is what people are recommending he says he put his foot down he says no i want to do math and science then i thought that you know when i wanted to do engineering i didn't have to explain to anybody why is my child having to explain to anybody about it and that's how he did his math and science the second point of advocacy came when he was asked to uh, use a writer so he comes to me and very frustrated very angry very agitated and he says tell me what is my problem so i said what happened he says do i have a problem like dyslexia or something so i said why what happened so he says that uh, people with dyslexia are the ones who need scribes i can uh, am i not typing on my computer what is the problem why can't i write it myself that's when we advocated for the scribe so these two three things have you know been the major uh, things uh, for us To support our work with the blind and visually impaired you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in please note www.scorefoundation.org.in bringing up arijit would have taken a lot of your time so did you have a career alongside being a mother or were you a full time mother 
I had a career before I became a mother. <laughs> and then I think Arijit became my favorite project. So I have worked uh, with Tata Electric Companies, uh, the R&D department. I have worked for a good seven years, uh, uh, worked on research projects with Dr. Abdul Kalam and uh, enjoyed my work a lot. And uh, uh, I gave it up before Arijit was born. Yeah. What is it that you might like to tell other mothers or other parents who are kind of listening to this podcast, what is the kind of message that you would like to give them based on your experience? Your child is a child first, his disability and ability later. Please see him as a child first. Enjoy him. Right. Uh, the second thing that I would want to say, which I always say, is always see the things he can do and not the things that he can't do. Yeah. Build it up, stack it up. It all adds up, you know, small little things. And uh, the third thing is keep your expectations real and high. I mean, don't be a high pressured parent, of course, but just understand that his, in Arijit's case, his uh, disability is his vision, not his intelligence, not his perseverance. So I'm, I will not tell him that, you know, you can take it easy and work just three hours a day. No. I will tell him that, you know, you need to put in the hours, you need to build in sincerity, you need to have integrity, you need to have accountability. These expectations are set right. And then whatever you get, you're my hero. So celebrate your child is the next thing that I really want to say. Enjoy him, celebrate him. I mean, you know, and uh, the last thing is a lot of people give a lot of reactions because they are not aware. You know, they don't know how to, how to, you know, I remember that when we would go to restaurants and Arijit was small, people would look at us as if we'd come from Mars or people would look at us with so much of pity and we would say, excuse me, we don't need your pity. We need equal acceptance. We need engagement. Like I come and say hi to your child at your at the table and do that as well. You know, so I think these are the things that I don't get defe- defeated by these kind of attitudes. Just focus on your child, focus on your dreams build it up together. That is what I would like to tell them. Uh, I would like a lot of our listeners uh, to know that, uh, as you said, uh, he is a child. He's your son or daughter. And, uh, you know, they need to be enjoyed. They need to be nurtured. And they need to be given the opportunity of, uh, you know, moving towards their potential. You know, the tragedy is that there are, I've met a number of uh, visually impaired people who have actually been, deserted by their parents and family when they were young, you know, and uh, it is is difficult to kind of uh, 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 grasp that kind of a thinking, but that is a reality. And I I do hope that uh, people who listen to this podcast uh, would look at children with disability also as an opportunity to love and an opportunity to uh, mold a a person who actually becomes grows up to uh, become a contributor to the country and the society. So thank you so much, uh, Ruchi, for talking to me and uh, and wish you all the best. Thank you so much. So it's been a privilege. I would want to close it with something that, you know, I, I had thought I'm going to talk about and just slipped my mind. Uh, my early interventionist, uh, Sheila Sinha, I remember when Arijit was two and a half and I was fretting one day that, you know, Ke sera sera, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to manage this? And she came and told me that, Ruchi, I see a George Abraham in him. So she sold me a dream. And uh, I just wish 
that all parents are sold a dream that they can live by <clears throat> my god i am flattered here but uh, yes i, th- I think uh, i think it's very very good to have a dream and uh, it is the dream that actually takes people uh, forward in life thank yes. you thank you so much sir this podcast was brought to you by barrier break solutions private limited and score foundation yeah roshni 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 karo